Sing this together. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, oh, power in the blood. 
so good to see you here this morning. Uh, if you don't, if you're visiting with us, my name's Zach. I'm the lead pastor here at Airline, and we are excited to have Coaches Day. And so we, I know we have um, plenty of coaches here in the room, and so we're so excited to be able to gather together. And we have Casey leading us in worship this morning. And then we have a special guest, Coach Chan Gailey is with us. And so if you don't know Coach Gailey, he's, he's got an extensive history of coaching. Um, he spent some time at Georgia Tech and then coaching in the NFL at the Cowboys and the Bills and the Dolphins. But his most prominent role was the head coach of the Troy State University Trojans. There we go. So, how to get that one going? And so, but no, we're so excited, coaches. Here's here's what we're going to do today. We want to, we as a church, want to be an encouragement to you. I know we got coaches from various sports here, in various schools, and we understand coaches. As a as a former player myself and college athlete, current community coach, we understand the role that you have in the lives of athletes in the lives of students. And with the coaches that are here today, there are hundreds, if not thousands of students represented. And you have the opportunity to make an impact that goes far beyond a field or a court, but rings into eternity. And so we as a church, we wanna encourage you. We want you to know that there is a church that sits on this hill that's going to love you and support you when things are going well, but it's gonna love you and support you when things aren't going well. And so that's what we're here for this morning. So we're so excited to spend today with you. And even if you came here and you, you weren't sure if you wanted to come to the lunch afterwards, please come. We have a ton of food, coaches. So please stick around afterwards, bring your family. I'll give you some directions at the end of worship. But here's what we're going to do. As a church during this time, we typically take up our offering, and this is an act of worship for us. And so if you're visiting with us, you're under no obligation to give. Just pass the plate along. But we're going to take a moment to pray, and then we're going to take up our offering and continue in worship. So let's pray together. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. God, thank you for today. Thank you for just this opportunity that we have to gather together and worship. God, would you be honored and glorified by today? God, thank you for the coaches and their families that are here. God, would you move and speak in their lives? Help us to be an encouragement to them. And God will give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
incredible this morning that we have a God who can identify with even our weakness. Amen. Yeah, that's good. I asked my family last night, I said, has there ever been a time where, you know, you, you were facing something new or different or scary and somebody stepped in and walked with you through that? 
And I remembered last night, uh, not long ago, when my father passed away, we were in a room together and all the family was gathered around and all the extended family and, and Kirk, who's a, a good friend of the family, he's a funeral director, he came over to me, whispered in my ear, he said, how many times do you have your family gathered? Longing to hear from the Lord. He said, wouldn't it be awesome if you just got everybody together and prayed right now? And so we did, and it was, it was a huge comfort to the family. It was, a great, it was a great time for us to all to gather together in that moment. And I'm thinking, Kirk has been in that situation a thousand times before. And for me, it was the first time. My father had never died before. First time I'm in the room, but I was really glad he was there to walk me through it. And it's just a tiny picture of what Jesus is saying to us this morning. He's the son of suffering. He's saying, I, you may tell me, Casey, you don't know what I'm going through, but he does. You may say, you don't know what it's like to go through this kind of sickness or watch your child suffer, but he does. You may say, you don't know what it's like to be falsely accused, but he does. So you don't know what it's like maybe to, to have uh, not enough money to pay all the bills. Foxes have holes, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. He does. And that's why we can look to him this morning. He was tempted in every way that we were, yet without sin. He's the man of sorrows, the son of suffering. Amen. Lord, we love you, and we want to walk with you in this life. We know that there's nowhere else we can go for the words of eternal life. So, Lord, we look to you this morning, and we trust you because of you've proven yourself trustworthy. You came and lived the life that we, do, that we should have lived. You died the death that we deserve. And now you offer an incredible exchange. Lord, we get all of your righteousness, and you took on all our sin. Lord, we trust you, and we will forever. Let's sing this song together. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I love this line. Time after time, born of his spirit and washed in his blood. What he did for me on Calvary is more than enough. So we trust him. So I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. Perfect submission. All is Oh, 
says, I sought the Lord. He heard delivered me from all my fears. Let's sing together. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. Trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, and just to rest upon, come on, you sing. pray together. Father, we love you. We trust you this morning. You've actually proven that we can trust you. You proved it on the cross and you've proven it time and time again in our lives, Lord. Oh, for grace to trust you more. Thank you for this time together. We love to worship you. We love to lift up praise to you. It's in Jesus' name we do so. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Check I've seen it with myself as a coach. I've seen it with myself as a parent. Coaches have more impact than the parents do. And a lot of the things that we deal with with the kids and talk with with the kids really is not sports related, it's about life. They would always come in and talk to me about life issues and everything. They knew where I was going. There's certain things your friends or people running with you or your teammates can't see that a coach sees. I feel like I was called a coach. I feel that's the plan God had for me. 
I was put into coaching. God led me to be a, a coach to give others hope. When you can impact coaches who are going to see hundreds of athletes over their career, it just really spreads the, the impact that you can have. I mean, that gets me fired up, seeing somebody out there doing what they love and then me wanting to follow them. They are our leaders, and through them, we learn how to lead other students. And you can see it right into their hearts. Like, they need this thing called Jesus, this only hope in this world. They played a role as, as parents. They played a role as pastors. They played a role as, as mentors. But who coaches the coaches? Who inspires the coaches? We've begun to create more strategy, more structure, more intentionality to minister to the heart of the coach, to their family, and ultimately to their team. Getting to them as a total person, witnessing to them, spiritual men and women as well. He's on the front lines and we're going to be right there on the front lines with him. It has changed my teams dramatically. It's changed my coaching staff dramatically. It has changed the community. How they conduct themselves and they carry themselves is, is that's representative of the community. People notice it. A life that is searching for significance, not just success. Yeah, we, we're going to be responsible for those that we coach. I think as believers, we don't realize the power of our words. They need it. It's like, what's stopping you? Not just a coach who calls himself a Christian, but a Christian coach. Not a coach who believes that they're coaching in order that they might become a legend, but that they might leave a legacy. And that legacy is found and woven into the fabric of their players and the community that they serve. We may not win another football game. And you know what? I don't care. Because the 50 or 60 we got, they're going to live forever. Amen. Amen. Very uh, powerful uh, video there. Well, Coach. Man, glad to have you here this morning, Airline Baptist Church, uh, a friend. At least we're not on the golf course and you beat me today. <laughs> well, we can do that later on this week for sure. Uh, but uh, so excited to be here this morning, Airline Baptist Church. You guys saw the video, and and I believe with all my heart that the, the, one of the greatest titles one can be called is coach for sure. And, um, you know, working with FCA, I'm in my 16th year now. We spent a lot of time with coaches, but... I'm honored and privileged to, to, to be able to have Coach Chan Gailey with us this morning here as we have other coaches throughout the community here with us. But, uh, man, it's just um, the, the power of a coach. We saw that on the video, and, and I'm going to ask Coach some questions, and, and he may get up and walk around a little bit. I understand that. I told him, feel free, do whatever you need to do. But, uh, but we are thankful to have you here this morning and, and excited about what God is doing. It's been prayed for. I know here at the church at Airline, we're a community who, a church who believes about being in the community and coaches are in the community. A lot of influence in this room here this morning. But just some questions, coach. I'm just going to throw it out there and then you just run with it as, as much as you want to. I know these are questions you've probably been asked over the years as I've heard you share many times over the year. But, but really just want to, to a lot of these coaches out here, we've got coaches been doing a long time, some that are brand new to it. But what, what led you to coaching? Well, the... Um yeah, just so everybody knows, he told me the questions, okay? This isn't like media and I got to face him like I'm facing the press, which is I'm very grateful for, Clint. Yes, Thank you. Um, but I, my high school coach is the reason I got into coaching. You know, I, I, my parents uh, divorced going into my senior year in high school, and Jimmy Hightower, who was my high school coach, 
had a big impact on my life. Now, it wasn't the Christian impact, but it was an impact that uh, told me he cared and, and he made a difference and gave me strength and gave me uh, toughness to fight through things in life. Now, we also had um, uh, the girls basketball coach uh, opened up his home for FCA going into my senior year. And we had FCA, and that's where I got started with FCA in 1969. And um, it's been an amazing journey through to go through FCA. But the impact that Jimmy Hightower had on my life, I went to college, no booze. I went to Florida, okay? Um, Georgia didn't offer me, so I went to Florida, okay? And um, I... I got down there and went into accounting for a quarter. We were on a quarter system back then. Went into marketing for a quarter. And then I thought to myself, look, if I can have half the impact on somebody's life that my high school coaches had on me, then my life will be worth something. So that's when I said, I'm going to coach. So that started the journey, Clint. Okay, so, so you realize. So you realize that uh, in high school, Coach Hightower had this impact. And so you get to Florida, and obviously accounting, you don't look like an accountant. No, I'm not. And you don't, what was the other one? Marketing. Well, that's definitely not you, uh, for <laughs> sure. So, so, so you're playing at Florida, and then you say, well, I want to coach. And, and so how did those coaches at Florida impact? You know, this, he didn't get this question. We're going off the cuff here. So. Yeah. Um, you know, we get this term mentor all the time everybody we, we, that's been a big word in our society in the last 10 years and evaluating that for me everybody that you are in contact with is a mentor it's either a positive mentor or a negative mentor and i will say at florida i learned a lot of things what not to do no, it I mean, makes sense. Need, no, for sure. I went to Georgia Southern. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you learn what not to do, uh, how not to treat people, how not to run things. And um, so I was fortunate. I, you know, I, I was, went there as a quarterback. Um, wasn't very good. I thought I was, but I wasn't. Uh, and you don't realize you're not good until you get out and start evaluating and you see. There wasn't much use for a quarterback, couldn't throw very well or run very fast. But, um, but I, I got on the plane my senior year by being the long snapper. And that, you think God doesn't work in mysterious ways? I'm the long snapper my senior year in college and my first job eventually in the NFL is special teams coach because I was the long snapper at Florida. Well, I've heard you talk a lot. I've never heard the fact that you were a long snapper. That's that's pretty cool. So, Did I come up in your eyes by being one? No. Oh, okay. Same as in accounting uh, yeah. and, and being in marketing. Yeah. But no. But that's really cool. So you you're doing that. So that opens the doors for you as well. Yeah. Um. So we're kind of jumping around a little bit here. So so you what was your first coaching job? Well, I stayed on as a GA at Florida. They were nice enough. They gave me a job as a GA there, and then I went to uh, work at Troy. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, because yeah. if you wouldn't have mentioned Troy at least five uh, times, we're going to be in trouble. Well, I got four more to go, and I'll make it, okay? Uh, 
I went to work at Troy, Troy, that's two more, okay? And um, uh, I, I was a secondary coach, and I knew nothing about being a secondary coach. I'd played quarterback, been the offensive, uh, basically the offensive coordinator for the, for the freshman team at Florida. And um, I knew nothing about defense, so I, I had to learn on the fly and got the secondary job at Troy uh, University. And uh, and um, was able to uh, was able to start my career there, and it was great. Uh, it's great for me to get to the other side of the ball and learn something. Uh, that wasn't my first choice. I'd applied for two high school jobs and couldn't get them, and finally I got a job at Troy as a secondary coach. Which means you were working about 120 hours a week and getting paid for about 10 hours a week, yeah. correct? Well, like every high school coach here. Absolutely. Yeah, no, exactly I'm, we right. want to speak their language. That's yeah, exactly make about right. a dime an hour, yeah, I think, right. maybe. Yeah. In the off season. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so the next question: When did it? When did it click, if you will, um, to see the impact you had as a coach? You know, when you wrote that question down, I thought about this a lot. Um, when did it click that you knew you had an impact? When you're coaching, you don't know that. And um, you don't try, you're trying to treat them all the same. You, that's your responsibility, actually, is to treat them all the same. You don't know if you're having a big impact more on one than the other. Um, the only time you realize you had a real impact on one is when. Um, they send you a letter or send you a text and tell you that you made an impact uh, on, on their life. And, you know, a, a quick story, Mike Turk, who played uh, quarterback for us at Troy on the national championship team, I brought up that. I got that twice in there. Um, he, he now um, is, uh, is a head coach down in Montgomery, Alabama, and was a great quarterback for us. And he tells the story that we were coming back from, um, gosh, where was it? Somewhere in Tennessee, one of those little schools that you, nobody knows hardly anymore. We were playing at UT Martin, okay? We're playing at UT Martin. Oh, did they play Georgia this year? Is that one of those that played Georgia? Okay. Um, good, 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 good. Yeah. <laughs> um, we played UT Martin, and it's a 12-hour bus ride back to Troy from UT Martin. And Mike tells the story how he came. He couldn't sleep, and he walked up the front because he saw a light on. And I happened to be at that time um, teaching uh, sixth and seventh graders in Sunday school. And I studied my Sunday school lesson. He said he went up to see what the light was, and he saw me there with my Bible open. And he said it made a major impact on his life. And so. You never know when you do something or say something or, or just minding your own business, uh, doing what you do, and it makes a difference in a kid's life. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you probably still get stories today or, or meet someone. I know, I think I saw a coach walk in. I was with him on Thursday, and Coach Jay Reed at Banks yeah. County. Uh, you had an impact on him because he was pretty messed up. Not that he's not messed up now. I mean, <laughs> Coach Reed's in the back. He said, Coach, Coach Gailey's going to see me because he was at Georgia Tech when you were at Georgia right. Tech. So you're probably still hearing from people or players or maybe even assistant coaches how you impacted yeah, them. Yeah, and, and you don't know it at the time. You're doing what you think's right by everybody. And if you happen to make a difference in one of them's life in that respect, great. 
the unique times are when you are in chapel or in places like that where they, you know, really get to hear um, things about you that uh, are life-changing. Absolutely, and I love that when I see coaches, and we've taken coaches in the farm mission field, and the entire purpose behind that was to share the gospel, but they get over there and start coaching, and to understand that you can coach in such a way that, that you share Christ through that, too, on how you behave, yes. uh, for sure. I, I jumped over this question, but this is a question that, that people have asked in the past, and, and I really, so I have it out there. Who, who was, you've coached a few people over the years. How many years did you coach? I don't know. You're still 40s, coaching, right? I played 40s. golf with you before. You're still, you're still coaching <laughs> me 40s. a little bit, and I appreciate it. But who's the best player you've ever coached? Well, I, when somebody asked me that question, I try to clarify it because somebody, are you asking who's the best football player I've ever coached? Are you asking who's the best athlete I've ever coached? Or are you asking who my favorite was? And normally people say, okay, let's have all three. Yeah, yes, that's so, what yeah. Um, so the best football player I ever coached was John Elway. John was, um, there's, if you're under 40, you probably don't know who he is, but uh, John Elway was a great quarterback, all world quarterback. Um, I was fortunate enough to coach him at the Denver Broncos and um, amazing football player. Um, we used to say, let's just keep the game close till the end um, and he'll find a way to win it. And if we have any Cleveland Browns fans in the room, they know what I'm talking about. He always found a way to win that one. Um, but he, was, he prepared in the offseason. He worked in the offseason. He worked during the season. He studied. Uh, he was clutch. He, he could make any play that needed to be made at, at the time. Uh, he's by far the best football player I ever coached. The best athlete I coached uh, is a tie. Um, and when you hear the two people, you'll know. Um, the, one of them is Calvin Johnson, who amazing, amazing athlete. Yeah, he he do anything as a wide receiver on the field. Uh, the other one was Dion. Um, Coach Prime, y'all may know Coach Prime. Um, Amazing athlete, could run faster backwards than most people could run forwards. Uh, he, he was just a talented, talented guy. Um, we put him in a game uh, in New York, and it was a night game. Now, I can't remember Thursday night, Saturday night, Monday night, Sunday night, they play every night. But it was at now. night, yes. But it was at night. Yes. I mean, that's pretty good for 71. I remembered it was at night, all right? Um, and he intercepted a ball and ran it back for a touchdown. He caught a punt and returned it for a touchdown. And we put him in at wide out and threw him the post for a touchdown. And uh, just an amazing athlete. And then the favorites that, we, uh, that I've had as coaches, um, Tim Tucker, David Hogan, Pat Matthews, you know all those, right? Nah, nobody does. The reason they're your favorites, coaches have guys that are unbelievable in the locker room. They're unbelievable in the meeting room. They do take every snap on the practice squad. They, they take every snap 
being the other team's offense or defense. They'll go play special teams and play them great. Um, they're the glue guys that kind of hold it all together because you, you got to have some great players. But those glue guys are the guys that make it happen and echo what you say in the meeting back in the locker room. They echo what you say in the meeting and take it to the practice field. And that's why you have your favorites are guys that will do that and go be the glue guys that hold it all together when coaches are not around. And they probably could play a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. Well, they wouldn't be there if they couldn't play. <laughs> exactly. You know? they, exactly. They, they, were, they were pretty good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I love asking that question. And, I, and I've heard you share that about Dion and, and talk about really just the, the difference in the league, the impact, the speed of collisions. And yeah. you've seen it all. You've coached, well, what's the lowest? Have you, have you coached Little League football, Pee Wee football? Well, I've been to my grandson's practice. Does that count? It does, Frank, because if you're there, you're coaching. I think you have a grandson in the room this morning. I do. Yeah, he said you're going to change your talk up a little bit and look at him a little bit and make sure he's acting right back there. Well, I, I got to tell, tell the truth. I can't embellish anything now because he's here. I understand. I appreciate that. So next question as we move on, and this is, um, I think, a question for all of us because at the end of the day, we're all coaches. We're always coaching someone because we all have influence. But – but how did or has your relationship with Christ impacted you as a coach as you impact others? Well, in that video that was up there, Bobby Bowden uh, was up there. And Bobby was, uh, I shouldn't even say that, that's, that's sacrilegious in itself, Coach Bowden. Yes, yes. Um, coach Bowden uh, really had an impact on my life. Um, even though he coached at Florida State and I went to Florida, he had a big impact on me as of uh, when I got into coaching. Um, he made a statement one time that said he was not a coach that professed Christianity. He was a Christian who happened to coach for a living. And once I figured that out, that that's who you are, mm -hmm. you're a Christian that God has called you to coaching. Um, that that changes the whole dynamic of everything. It gives you a, a peace, it gives you a rock. Uh, it gives you the ability to sell out to something, um, but knowing you're not selling out to it, that what you believe in is Christ. What your faith in is in Christ. But you're gonna work as hard as you can work at this other. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're not selling out one for the other, One's allowing you to do the other. And, and our responsibility is to be the best we can be. So um, once I figured that part out, once that got into my brain, um, it actually freed me up to work as hard as I needed to work to try to be as successful as I needed to be and wanted to be. Uh, but he was the rock and got the glory. Absolutely. And, and when I hear you say that, and, and with FCA, over the years, we, we always talk about there's three types of coaches. There's the coach who's not a believer. There's the coach who says they're a believer. And then there's the believer who just happens to coach. And that came from Coach Bowden. Fortunate enough to spend some time with him late in his life and really just a remarkable man. But at the end of the day, when I hear you talking about that, and we share this with coaches all the time, we share with athletes, what's your identity in? Because if my identity is, is, hey, that's Clint, the FCA guy, then I've missed the mark. There's coach, the coach. 
But again, for you, there's a follower of Christ who just happens to coach. And hearing Coach Bowden, I probably freed you up. And would, would that be something you would encourage these coaches in here with? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's hard to coach being a Christian. I can't imagine how hard it is to coach not being a Christian, you know, because um, you, you go back and forth and up and down so much that your, uh, your life's constantly in turmoil if there's not come some kind of solid rock uh, that you have your life based on and you handle your family that way, you handle the team that way. Um, and uh, yes, uh, it is hard. It is hard to do it, even if you're a Christian. Being a non-Christian, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, because, I mean, you see. I mean, you, you see people out there coaching, and, and when things are tough, and if you've ever coached, you know you're going to have some tough spots. But yep. to be able to, to lean into that rock, as you said, that solid rock, that's immovable. Yes. And because the world's moving, ever change. I mean, you ever been fired? Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. but, but things change, I guess. Is what, you've been hired and fired, right? Appreciate you bringing that up. Thanks. And you tried to bail yourself out with, oh, you've been hired and fired. Yeah, no. It just came yeah, out. I should have yeah, stuck I to know. my notes. Yes. Uh, no. yes, I've been fired. Thank you. Um, uh, Is that ever a blessing to be fired? Uh, a blessing. Uh, I'm trying to get myself out of this, know, and I'm not uh, doing uh, a very good job. At the time, I want you to know it did not feel like a blessing, okay? Uh, but um, it was okay. It, it was okay. Um, and um, it's, it's not easy. It's not fun. Failure eats on you. You can't stand to lose. You remember the defeats more than you remember the victories. Um, I guess that's just the DNA of who we are. But it doesn't hurt for very long because you got Jesus as your rock. That's it. And that's that identity. So I'm glad I brought that up. Not, oh, yeah. Not that you. H word, yeah, but yeah, the hiring yeah. word, not the other. Yeah. But uh, so, uh, so again, we, 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 when you think about this and you think about a church like an airline Baptist church, and we have many other churches. I mean, where do you attend church, Coach? Christ Presbyterian. Christ Presbyterian up in, in Habersham County, correct? Yeah. So so we had a lot of churches. There are a lot of churches represented in here, but our pastor, him and I, we sit down, and, and, and this is a question I would love uh, for you to expand upon. What word or challenge, encouragement, would you share for airlines? Uh, as, as a group of believers, I always say that we're in this community, our, our vision, we want to be Christ-driven, community-focused. But what would be an encouragement you would share with, with the members of Airline as, as we as Airline come alongside ministries like an FCA uh, and serve coaches and families in this area? Um, the responsibility of a church is to... Um, spread the word to encourage believers to make disciples and to spread the word. Yes, sir. Um, basically what that says is plant a church, be a, be a good, healthy church, go plant a church. Right. FCA is the church plant for every church in our area. You, FCA, you, everybody that supports FCA, you're supporting a church plant 
in the schools of this area, in this region. So that's what we're called to do as churches is to go spread the word. Well, FCA is the one thing that's in the schools and very strongly in the schools as a way to reach lost and encourage the hurting and on and on and on. And that's what we do as FCA. Now, you heard me say I got involved with FCA in 1969. I believe in this. It is something that is making a difference in our world. I know in Habersham County, um, it's making a huge difference uh, in our county. Uh, so um, I see the impact that um, FCA and, and ministries like FCA, but I know FCA, how strong it is in the schools, but ministries like that are spreading, are spreading the word and they're like church plants out there for every church that's involved with it. Yeah, and, and airline has, and I will say this, I'm in my 16th year with FCA. From day one, FCA has partnered with me in, in this calling, this holy calling, and I believe it is a holy calling that we read about in 2 Timothy 1 verses 8, I think, 8 and 9, but, but, but to have a church to come alongside and partner, uh, like with Thomas Burnett up in Hab and then the other FCA staff across the way. So, so what I'm hearing you say is get plugged into FCA. Now, you are the board chair of our FCA in the Georgia Mountains. Yes. North Georgia, and we're thankful for that. But as a church, to walk alongside Alara Aycock, who serves at East Hall High and East Hall Middle, and, and I'm going to call my wife. My wife's a huddle coach at the high school. She tries to quit every year, but for some yeah. reason we keep her around and doing that. But you can come alongside. Yeah. Because we're all we, and I can speak on behalf of FCA, we just want to be the conduit. Because as our pastor Zach wants to walk on the campus of, of East Hall or North Hall or Johnson as Pastor Zach, that's shut down. Yeah. But as we partner with FCA, we can have those opportunities with being a, a character coach, a mobilized volunteer, a chaplain, if you will. I think our pastor's wife is. Walking with the East Hall cheerleaders, that's interesting. They need Jesus too, right? And it's, it's not just football. We, we're talking about all sports. So, so again, I, I appreciate that advice because, again, we get to do things, and Airline has partnered with us, as we have many churches, because all we are is missionaries. That's it. And, and to be a part of a mission budget, we just get to go to what I believe is the greatest mission field in the world, walk on a campus, come beside a coach, and encourage them. So um, I got one last question for you. And again, we can, I don't know, I say last, I may have another one by the time you get done. But if you have one piece of advice, and again, we have coaches in the room and, and, and I think a lot of people may not call themselves a, a coach, but we're all coaches in some regards, I've said that. But if you had one piece of advice uh, for these coaches, at 71 years old is what you said, you've coached for 40 plus years, um, what would that one piece of advice be? You know, um, things have changed and you, you have to adapt with the change in game, in life, in every aspect, things change. They don't stay the same. Uh, I don't like the music that my grandson listens to, okay? 
but my grandparents didn't like the music I listened to. Amen. So, I mean, it, it, things change. That, that's part of it. Um, I think what, we, what can't change is kids have to hear honesty. Kids have to hear honesty. They don't know what truth is. They get, they get so many things out there that are blasting in their brains, they don't know what truth is. And um, if, if you say it, mean it. If you say it, do it. They have to know honesty. What an honest answer and an honest um, rule and an honest, whatever is honest, they got to know that because they don't get it a lot of other places. They don't get truth and honesty a lot of other places. And if you can be a man or a woman of your word, that will go a long way. And they may not re realize it for a while, but it'll mean a lot to them to know truth and honesty uh, out of at least one person's mouth in their life. Uh, yeah, coach, that is that is really good, and and I think that goes for everyone, not just coaches, yeah, yeah. but I mean all of us. If we can be who we say we are and do what we say we're going to do, and and again, we're talking about influence. And uh, I guess the last thing that I that I'll say and ask is is when you talk about influence, and we all have it. And, you know, and Maxwell says, John Maxwell says, if you have influence, it makes you a leader, right? And I think everyone in this room. Is, is someone of influence in some capacity. So what is, um, and probably it may be the same answer, but if you think about influence, and this is not just for coaches, but for the entire room, if you have influence, what's the, what's the number one thing, now this is off the cuff, and you'll have to think about this one a little bit, what is the number one thing a person of influence should strive to, to use that influence? In what way should they strive to use that? I don't know exactly where you're going with that thing, okay. Clint. I, but, I love that, uh, Coach. I'm just trying to Because I thought I just answered that, but you did. I did. You did, you uh, did. But, but I just want to hear it again, Coach. It was okay. so good. All right. It's like the preacher bringing up point A, B, and C, and then C again. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Or in closing, and then go through A, B, and C again, right? <laughs> um, now, who you are is much more important than what you are. You know, uh, kids, coworkers, people are going to know who you are, okay? It doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter what capacity you're in. It doesn't matter if you have a title beside your name that gives you some kind of influence. Um, people are influenced by who they see someone really is, not who they claim to be, and just because you got a title by your name doesn't mean you got power. Uh, it means you can tell somebody else what to do, but it doesn't mean you have the right kind of influence. And uh, I think it's important. I, I thought it was important for me to remember just because I had the term head coach beside my name, uh, that just meant I made all the tough decisions, um, but I still had to be who I was deep down every day and the guys knew who I was going to be every day and I think that's as an influencer that's who you are it's not the influencer you see on the on the internet 
th those are not influencers. Influencers are people who make a difference by being true to themselves and Christians being true to God every day. Coach, you did a much better job answering well, that question you. that time. I gave you another opportunity, it so will. that is awesome. So, yeah, we want to give it up for Coach Gailey as he's uh, came today and shared. We uh, are very thankful for, for him. Um, again, I was, I, got, I was fortunate enough to get to meet Coach Gailey several years ago on a golf course. Uh, I, I, I tell a lot of stories about Coach Gailey and I on the golf course, especially up at Currahee, that number one, if anybody's ever played. Coach Gailey said, hey, just hit one till you like it, Clint. And when I teed up, I think the fifth ball, he said, you're going to like this one. We're not going to be here all day. So we went ahead and, and played. But I, I do love Coach, and I, and I love being around him. He's been a huge impact uh, on, on our FCA staff in this, in this multi-area region, the state, even beyond. He's been on the national board with FCA across uh, the year, over the years, and, and has just been a, a, a person who truly wants to be who he is and and, and 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 that's who he is and what you saw today is really good and and so what a challenge and an, even an, an encouragement and as I've thought about this um, you know I think one of the things that, that coach Gailey kind of said there is that I think it's important for all of us is to know our why to know who we are deep in and that's you know we, we talk about examples of, of, of leadership and influence but but I'm a firm believer if we can't lead ourselves we shouldn't be allowed to lead others no matter how much authority or power we have because that's dangerous and and so when I think about this and and really to know your why I was praying and, and been, you know for several days and and I landed on just a, a few verses that I want to read and then and then we're going to close out and we're going to be out of here but but these are this just out of the text in first Timothy 4 found myself in Timothy a lot lately and, and man what some great letters from Paul but first Timothy 4 um, verse 6 says if you point these things out to the brothers you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Verse 7, but have nothing to do with irreverent and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. For the training of the body has a limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. In fact, we labor and strive for this because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of everyone, especially those who believe. And, as I, and I was reading that text and I was praying and, and thinking, you know, about this morning. I really love verse 8 because Everyone in this room, whether you played sports or not, there's been a point in time where you've been impacted by a coach. Because if you went to school, you had to have PE. It's required. And you go in there, and the coach is, and, and Coach Vining is here, and he's here somewhere in the room. And when I was at South Hall and at Johnson many years ago, he was there. And Coach Vining impacted me. Now, I played ball, and, and, and even more so, but you all, there's a point in time, Brother Nelson, when you was in school just a few years ago, you probably was influenced by a coach. And if you had PE, what do they make you do? They make you train. 
where they're supposed to. Now, I've seen some of these high school coaches nowadays, but, but they make you train. They make you work physically to do something. My old, my middle daughter, who is a senior, right now she's taking an online PE class, which is crazy what techno technology can do. So she wears this watch around. And this happened, I guess, she's doing it this semester at school because she's a senior doing enrollment. And this was probably a month and a half ago. I hear what I thought was horses running through the house late at night. And I go in there and my 17-year-old daughter is running laps in the house to get her heart rate up. So she's training physically, right? And so as I said, it's great to train physically. But I love verse 8 where it says, for the training of the body has limited benefit. It can help you, but godliness is beneficial in every, every way since it holds a promise for the present life and also for the life to come. We, we all train, right? In our life, we do these things, but what this text says, godliness is where it's at. No, that's not reading the Bible. That's not attending Sunday school. That's not just going to church. That's not listening to the fish going down the road. Those are results of it, but true godliness is a relationship, a relationship with Jesus Christ, this rock and anchor that Coach was talking about. Because in my life early on, I didn't have that, and I played ball, and my identity was, there goes Clint, the guy who can throw the ball hard. There goes Clint, the guy who will make a free throw. There goes Clint. Yeah, he's going to bust your head if you come up the middle because he's a middle linebacker. And that's how I was defined. And I missed it. I missed it. And it, it sorrows me because when I go back to high school and when I was playing high school football, and I'm going to start with football because it was in the fall, I had a head coach named Max Milligan who's went on to be the Lord, but he was a follower of Christ. He was a good man, and I did not treat him as such. I didn't listen to his influence. I had a head basketball coach in high school who was, who just went to be with the Lord this past year, this earlier this year, Coach Ken Martin, who led the FCA at our high school, and I went to FCA in high school during basketball season because Coach said, you're going to be at FCA tomorrow. Coach said, two most powerful words in America. His coach says, I believe that with all my heart. And when you can get a godly coach, like a coach Milligan and a, and a coach Martin who impacted me in a tremendous way, I mean, they were heroes. And I didn't realize it until after I was gone. So I want to share with you coaches, keep training them physically. But godliness, this relationship with Christ is what it's about. And they may not see it. Our, our, our new director in our area, uh, Aaron Mann, we were in out to lunch the other day and coach Bob Christmas who coached him in high school football was there in the restaurant at Long Street that's where our lunch is from today by the way thank thank you Tim Long Street but Bob Christmas was in the restaurant and Aaron said I just need to go up and tell coach how much I appreciate him the values he instilled in me working hard being on time taking care of what you need to take care of. And Coach Christmas is a believer. But, but the values that were instilled in him was special. So when we think about that, this, this verse, verse 8, and I'm going to get to where I'm going, training the body is good, the physical training, but it's for a limited time. The hours I spent training to be a baseball player. I don't play baseball anymore. 
None of that is, is helping me today. But man, being a man of God, being someone who follows after Christ is so important. Our pastor shared this last week and I asked him midweek just to, to clarify and make sure I got this right. Because he was talking about the gospel and we're in the book of James and this is what we're talking about. Because the gospel is the foundation of it all. This, this, this rock, this anchor that Coach Gailey was talking about, it's the gospel because Christ is the God. What we sang about. But he said last week, and this was really good, really good. I'm going to compliment you. I don't do that too, too often. I'm not one who compliments much, but this was really good. He said the gospel, Jesus Christ didn't come. The gospel is not to make bad people good. That's not the intent of the gospel. The gospel is to make those, those who are dead come to life. And when you experience that, it radically changes you. Your identity goes from, well, I'm a coach or I'm an insurance guy or, or you know, I'm, I'm a marketing guy or I'm an accountant or I'm this. I'm a follower of Christ who just happens to do that. Because Coach Bowden, he had, it, he had it figured out. He really did. And I think of the thousands, hundreds of thousands that have been impacted by the gospel through the influence of a Coach Bowden, of a Coach Gailey, because we have it when we don't even realize it. But, but what we can realize is that God, in his infinite wisdom, created us, mankind, to have fellowship with. He saw it, and he saw that it was good. But then mankind got involved, and I, I can speak for myself. I can't speak for everyone, although I do know some of you pretty well. Mankind got involved, and we messed it up because we have this thing called pride because we think that we know more than God, and we choose self over a holy, righteous God, which separates us from God. This thing's called sin. But in his infinite wisdom, and he can't look on us in sin, he can't have fellowship with sin because it would stain him, because he's perfect and pure, he loved us anyway. In Romans, it tells us that he loves us when we're unlovable, in spite of ourselves. And if you got up this morning, you looked in the mirror, you can see what I'm talking about, Kurt. He loves you anyway. He loves me. And, and because of that, I have an opportunity to make a decision or to make a choice. I either say yes to Jesus or no. And for many times in my life, for a long time, I just kept saying no, 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 because my identity was in what I did. It wasn't who I was, this, this so-called wannabe athlete who, who, who had problems with drugs and alcohol and addiction. And, and, and I just kept saying no, but, but the gospel... It reached me, and so many times we complicate it. And I see coaches who say, well, I can't coach like that and still win. And I almost want to shake them because I believed that at one time. I couldn't live uh, the right way and still do what I wanted to do on the field because I had to do these things that, that were not becoming. But when I think about a coach and I think about the gospel, you, the Billy Graham quote, a coach has more influence in one season on the lives of young people than most people will in a lifetime. It's true. I've seen it. I've coached. I've been coached. 
And if we can understand that as coaches, those of you in the room, which is everyone, because all of us in the room, we coach in some capacity, that your influence, you can't measure it because it's so far reaching. You think that you can, but you really can't. And if you'll understand that if you will be intentional with this influence that you have, you can have impacts and people's lives will be changed. But it can only come through a relationship with Christ. That choice that we talked about. And Casey and the guys are going to come on back up as we close this thing out. But we all make choices each and every day. Each and every day we make choices. And the choice I'm asking you to make today is the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. The greatest choice. The greatest choice because God created you. He gives you the very breath of air you breathe. He, 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 he loves you because he created you. And if you've ever built something, you understand what I'm talking about. When you build something, create something, man, you love it. But, but, but we messed it up with the sin that comes in our life and the choices we make to choose other things over God. But again, I go back to this thing called love. He loves us when we're unlovable. And I'm so thankful for that, Coach, because I know how unlovable I am. He loves us to the point of death. He sent his son to this earth and died on a cross, the death I deserve, the death you deserve, so that through that son, I can have fellowship with my creator again. But I've got to choose Jesus. Brother Dole, he don't force it on me. He doesn't make me do it. But he gives me the opportunity to do it, Casey. He gives me the, the honor, the privilege to step from death to life. And when I did, it radically changed my life. And he wants to do that for you. Now, I'm still going to coach you up. I still coach a little bit. I still help coach baseball. And sometimes we were, had a work day yesterday and some, some of the dads are laughing at me. They said, we need you on our job because you, you, you start telling them boys, let's get to it. Let's get to work. Because what coach said earlier, man, I loved it. When he said he realized because of his relationship with Christ and his identity is in Christ, he could work harder with more excellence than he ever had before. Because at the end of the day, he's doing it for the Lord. The one who gave them the gifts, the one who created him. And coaches, and, and, and again, everybody in this room is a coach in some capacity. If you could understand that, the freedom that comes from Galatians 5.1, because through a relationship with Christ, I'm not held in bondage to the things of old. I've been set free, Pastor Zach. I can go be who God's called me to be, and that's a child of his. Whether I'm coaching a team, coaching a group of people, whatever I'm doing, because Colossians 3 says, in whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, not unto man. And that's my, my challenge, is that, that you have a relationship with him. And you may say, well, I don't really understand what all that looks like. Well, you're in the right place. Because if you try to figure it out, you're going to mess it up. I'm 50 years old, and I'm still trying to figure it out, coach. I really am. And this morning, coaches shared it. I hope you've heard it through the song. I hope you've heard it through this text, 1 Timothy 4. God desires a relationship with you. And that's what will define you if you'll let him. And man, coach ain't promising you wins. He ain't promised you wins, but he's promised you possible through a relationship with Christ. And that's where it's at. So as he 
as we continue to sing and, and, and I'm going to ask you to, to stand, I'm going to pray. If you want to do business with the Lord, if you say, man, I want to hear more about this relationship, about this solid rock, I'll be down here. Pastor Zach is down here. Uh, Coach Gailey's here. We've got other men in the church. I would love to pray with you. I'm not going to try to talk you into something. I learned a long time ago, if I can talk you into it, somebody else can talk you out of it. And Satan would definitely try to do that. This is heart stuff, surrendering, making a choice, making Christ Lord of your life. Let's stand our feet as I pray. Lord, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for the opportunity just to share, just for a moment, to be a part as Coach Gailey, uh, a man who I admire, but God, if he, in him hearing me say that, it probably makes him cringe because he doesn't want me to admire him. He wants me to admire the one he lives for, which is Christ. So God, I'm thankful for him, thankful for the coaches here, thankful for this church. Most of all, I'm thankful for you, Lord, and I pray right now as God may be dealing with someone who, who just needs to let it go needs to come to this altar and, and stop holding on to self because we must die to self and turn to you. So God, if there's someone this morning or maybe they just need someone to pray with them through something they may be going in through in their life right now, God, I, I, I welcome them to come. God, we love you so much and we thank you. God, as we, as we close out this service with worship to you, God, let hearts be opened. <clears throat> And minds be cleared as we just turn to you. God, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. Until so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to
So thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I know we've had some slip out already. If you're part of helping serve lunch, if you want to go ahead and slip out and make your way down there, um, you're more than welcome to do that. Again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Casey, for leading us in worship. Thank you, Coach, for coming and sharing with us. So I think that was good. Uh, and so thank you, Clint, for, for sharing the word as well. And so thank you, coaches, for being here. I know we have a wide array of coaches from different schools, different sports. Um, thank you so much for being here. And I want to invite you. Um, we're going to make our way down to the Family Life Center. If you don't know where the Family Life Center is, if you go this way down the hill, it's the big gym that's sitting down there. You're more than welcome to walk down there or you can drive down there. There's plenty of parking. The only issue with walking down there is walking back up here. Okay. And listen, even if, even if you didn't register online, we have plenty of food. So coaches, families, please stay. FCA staff, if you're here, please stay. Enjoy the fellowship. Enjoy the lunch afterwards. We have plenty of food, um, and, and especially for um, parents and kids. And so don't feel like your kids are going to be left out. We have plenty of food down there for coaches, families, um, and FCA staff, staff as well. And so I'm going to pray for us and go ahead and pray for the food. So as you make your way down there, um, you can go ahead and start digging in. And so thank you so much for being here today. Airline, we love you. Thank you for your heart to reach this community. And so coaches, just as I shared at the beginning, know that there is a church body that loves you, supports you, and will encourage you um, right up here on the hill. It's our desire to be a Christ-driven, community-focused church, that we want to know how we can support you, how we can walk alongside you in the ministry that God has given you in the schools. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you for just this opportunity to worship today. God, we just pray for all those that are in the room. God, whether coaches or not, you've given us all influences. Would you help us to leverage that for your glory and for your honor? And God, will give you all the praise. We pray now for the food. Would you bless it? Nourish our bodies. Bless this time of fellowship. And God, we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.